Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It is great to be together, and today we're going to continue our thought, an enemy called Average. How many enjoyed last week? If you weren't here, if you, could, if you weren't here available, please check it out online. You can look at that. It's in the archives. You can check it anytime online at uh, nowchurch.com, any or nowchurch.tv, either one. Today, I, I, I'm kind of expanding the thought and kind of going, drilling a little bit deeper on some specific things that I feel are really crucial, really important. And we want to welcome those of you watching online as well. Today's message is called The Search for Significance, The Search for for significance, uh, I want to open up with Psalm chapter 4, verse 1 from the Amplified Bible. Psalm 4, 1 says this. Answer me when I call, the psalmist writes, O God of my righteousness, uprightness, justice, and right standing with you. You have freed me when I was hemmed in and enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me. And hear my prayer. I want to say it again. You have freed me when I was hemmed in and enlarged me when I was in distress. That's a big, big statement there. And uh, I'll tell you more about it in a bit. Revelation chapter 3, I felt to weave in here. Um, This is the words of Jesus as an indictment to the church. Really, I believe in our generation. I know your works, Jesus said, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and really neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You got quiet in this Presbyterian church, didn't you? (laughs) Well, you went Presbyterian for a second again. It's interesting because Jesus says, I want you to stand for something. Either be extremely cold or extremely hot, but don't be in the middle. Don't be average. You know, there's only, you, you know, if, if you're heating something up and you heat it up to 210, it doesn't boil. But two degrees more, and that thing starts rolling. We have the chance and the opportunity to make those choices of whether we're going to be just lukewarm, mamby pamby little willy-nilly Christians, chair two, or whether we're going to move forward and really be who God's called us to be. That's when your light comes out. That's when your light shines forth. That's, it's not about you doing stuff. It's about, listen, listen, here's, here it is from the Message Bible. Here, let me just make it plain. Jesus said, you're stale, you're stagnant, and you make me want to vomit. You're stale, you're stagnant. Finally, I want to weave in Daniel 11.32 from the, the Living Bible says this. The people who know their God shall be strong and do great things. Amen. The people who know their God, have intimacy with him, will be strong and do great things. Let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart today? Holy Spirit, you are here and you are welcome. And we ask you to grant us the spirit of wisdom. And revelation and the knowledge of, of you, the eyes of our understanding being open and enlightened. Help us to see what you're saying and to declare it 
with our hearts and with our mouths. In Jesus' name, build us up in our most holy faith today and change us that we might make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Our theme this month is an enemy called average. Last week we just said this, we're going ref- to refuse to be an average church. I tell you, my, my, my old pastor Jimmy Young that really was the first man of God that discipled me said to me almost 40 years, well, no, 40 years ago now. I said, oh, I was saying almost, it is 40 years. He said, um, he said, if I had to go to the average church in America or stay home on Sunday, I'd stay home too. So the reason why churches are in decline is not because of the times we live in. The reason why many churches are in decline is because there's no Holy Spirit atmosphere and there's no word preached. We have to stand on this word. We have to stand on the promises of God. They don't go away. And so we have to refuse that averageness that tries to pull us down. It's it's nipping at our heels. Last week we reminded you that your life was no accident, no cosmic coincidence. You were You were intimately and marvelously fashioned by God himself for great purposes now. Everybody say now. Now. In this time. You are are fashioned for this time. I've talked to people who get a little anxious about end time things. And what do you think about the war in Israel? What do you think about this and that? Listen, all that stuff, do, do I believe Jesus is coming back? I sure do. But the point of it is this, that for every generation, God calls a generation with the spirit of of the Lord in them and the spirit of might and power equal to the task of that generation. God knew you would be in this. God chose you for this generation. Whether we're in the last last days or the very last minute of the last days is not the point. It's about being strong in him and doing great exploits doing great things. It's about the accomplishment. Listen, there's no need. What, what we don't have to do is be afraid. Fear is the thing that tries to bind us. That intimidation factor is what tries to push us down and hold us back. You were born for more than you've done so far. Think about that. You, no matter what your age is in the room or watching today, you were born for more than you've done yet. Your best days are designed to be ahead of you, not behind you. And you have to believe, you have to stand on that, and you have to find your purpose in every season because there's a time for every purpose under heaven. Every, listen, seasons change. You know, when, you're, when your last child goes off to college or, or moves out and you're suddenly in that empty nest syndrome, it's a, it's a freaky kind of a thing that several people have discovered because you've been mom and dad and that's been your focus for so long. And all of a sudden, bam, somebody's moving out. And you have to find your new footing in him and the whole new dynamic of everything in those moments. But don't settle for going backwards and being average and becoming, and, and husbands and wives being strangers just because you're changing. Listen, we all change. Change is constant. That's the only thing in life that's constant is change. You were born for more than you've done so far. There's a heart try within to be extraordinary not just exist. Amen? Amen. Now today, I want to quote one of my, you know, when when I was uh, in the insurance business back in the 80s, that's where I was trained in ministry was as an insurance agent right here in Ocala. And one of my heroes was was this um, Christian motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar. He's in heaven now. And Zig Ziglar 
I probably quote them at least once or twice a year, so don't get tired of it. But it's a really, this is a true statement, and it's going to help somebody. Every person in the world, he said, is in one of four seasons of life. Survival, stability, success, or significance. Everyone in the room, everyone watching today is in one of those four seasons. You're either in survival mode where you're just kind of eking it out and you're making it week to week or day to day or hour to hour and just kind of getting through. There's stability mode. Listen, here's the problem. In every one of those seasons besides significance, you can get stuck in a moment and stuck in that season and miss the next season. Because listen, if you're in survival mode today, you may be in the place where you could hardly believe for stability. If you haven't paid your bills on time in a while, it's almost unimaginable that you can get ahead, that you can actually pay those on time and actually pay them ahead. It's, that, sounds like, that sounds like a pipe dream to you if you're stuck. Have you ever, ever been there where you're just kind of eking it out, you're making it through? That is, let me just say to you, that is not God's best. That is a season. And, it is, and, and, and if you're in that season, discover quickly that God is your source and provider and go with his plan, okay? Just say yes to him, yield to him, and trust in him. God wants to do something great in your life in every season. Now, if you're in a stability season and you finally get stabilized, finally get to even, and even is a great place to be, but there is success in your future. But you almost can't see, how could I possibly be successful? Oh, we just made it. We're just paying the bills. We're getting by. That's not God's best. But here's a, a shocker to most Americans, that there's something beyond success. Because success is still based on self. Success is still based on what you have, what you've accomplished, what you can do. But significance is in what you do for God and others. Significance is only found in that place where you get beyond self and you're suddenly living for more than just, a, you're living for a righteous cause and you're not just living to, to, to be successful in the world sense. Are you awake today? So this is, the, the, the key is don't get stuck in the mindset of the season you're in now. When you're in survival mode, it's hard to see it and aspire to stability and so on. I believe our Heavenly Father has called each and every one of his children to live a life of significance, not just success. It's a life that goes beyond what your expectations are, what your abilities are, what your talents are, what you've accomplished so far. And that's why it's a little scary. And here's the truth of the matter. Your significance will be determined by your measure of faith. Your measure of faith. What have you done with what God gave you? Every person has been given a measure. That's what the word says. Every person has been given a measure of faith. Every, every person, not just people in the room, not just people that proclaim Christ. Every person, even though they were born in sin, they were given a measure of faith. And what they do with that measure determines how their life proceeds, how it moves on, how it expands, how it enlarges, how it grows. We say around here all the time, faith is like a spiritual muscle. Faith is like a spiritual muscle. And the problem is a lot of people, get, they don't get past the time where they just cramp up with faith. It, it's, it's easy, you know, if you hit the gym... And you're out there and you, and you work out, you haven't worked out for a while and suddenly you're doing the leg machine, okay? You're doing the leg press, leaning back and you're pressing those legs. Two days later, when you'd go to get out of bed, 
your muscles say, hello, we're here and you'd forgotten about us and you're going to pay a price. Why? We cramp up. Well, that's the same way it is with your measure of faith. If you're not exercising your faith, if you're not exercising yourself unto godliness, if you're not exercising yourself in trusting God, in, in, in getting in his word and finding his promises and appropriating those promises to yourself and those around you, you miss out on the whole thing. You've got to work it out. The Bible says bodily exercise does profit a little. I love 1 Timothy 4.8. This is from the Amplified, I think. From, for physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything and in every way, for it holds promise for the present life and also for the life which is to come. My friends, we need to exercise our faith. When we were, um, before, when we were studying for ministry and preparing to move to Orlando, from Ocal, late 80s, we didn't have any job promises down there or anything else, but we knew God was calling us. And that time we had a little house out in Bellevue, out in Candler, Candler Road, um, in a little housing development out there called Smith Lake Estates. And we were out there and we, we, we built that house for, uh, I think, $38,000. Can you imagine? <clears throat> $38,000, 1984. 1987, we're going we're gonna to move and we tried everything to sell that house. We tried everything. We tried, we tried, we tried to, you know, assume the mortgage. We tried to do everything because we had to go. And it, 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 invariably, we lost the house. Just a young couple with our first home. And we lost it. And it devastated us. <clears throat> I'll never forget calling to tell this banker lady she'd been calling, where's your payment, where's your payment, where's your payment? I just said, look, we're... We're studying for ministry. We, we're, we're barely making it right now, and we're struggling, and we've, we've paid every other bill, but we've, we just can't keep paying the house. I'll never forget it. She, sure, it turned out she was a believer, and she started comforting me. The, the banker is calling to ask me where my money is, and she starts comforting me and consoling me, and I was devastated, and, and, and what happened was God kind of turned that thing, and the lady, um, she said, uh, she kept saying, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. God is going to take care of the banker lady. Tell me, the, God is going to take care of you, and you're going to be fine. And I said, well, I just, I can't stand that. I don't, we're just believing. We're just trusting God. We're doing the best we can. <clears throat> so um, when, 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 the, when we lost the house, when it went into foreclosure, I talked to the lady again. She said, well, there's nothing we can do now. And she said, it's going to be all right, and uh, you're, going to, you're going to be okay, and and. Uh, I said, do I need to appear in, you know, on the courthouse steps or what do I need to do? No, no, just let it go. And um, a few years go by, maybe three years go by, and we needed a new car. And I thought, well, I guess it's time to find out what happened with the credit report because we worked so hard to, work, to build our credit up. So I took my father-in-law with me down to the Chevy dealership, and we got this 1989 or 90 Chevy, Chevy Corsica. And... Uh, and, we, and we're, so the, the finance guy says, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll be right back. And he comes out, he says, oh, this is taking so long, I'm so sorry. He said, when I saw you had perfect credit, I didn't think it would take this long to get this through. And the guy walked back in the office and my father-in-law goes, did he say perfect credit? <laughs> like he was, he, was, he, was, he was there, my father-in-law was ner more nervous than I was. My father-in-law was like, uh, he was gonna co-sign for us if we needed it. 
And he goes, uh, did he say perfect credit? I said, I think he did. He goes, well, what about, I said, So we just kind of looked at each other, came out of there with a, a great deal in a car, and we pulled our credit report after that, and the thing never showed up. It never showed up. It never, it never, it never appeared on anything, <clears throat> and we were honest with people about it, but, but, but it, it just never appeared. And, uh, and, and, and now the statute of limitations is up so I can say it publicly. <laughs> It's 34, 35, well, no, it's 30, anyway, whatever years ago now. Uh, the, the point is that God, sometimes in your pressure, God is doing something, and here's what happened. When I told a friend of mine that worked with me at, at, uh, at Atlanta Christian Center, Benny Hinn's church, when we were youth pastors, this other pastor on staff said to me one time, he said, you know what? I believe that $40,000 house, because that's what it was valued at when we left. So I believe that $40,000 house you gave up to God is going to one day be $4 million worth of church buildings. Do you know, I don't know what the recent, recent appraisal is after this, but this land now is well over $4 million. But as a young couple, we couldn't see that. See, the Bible says whatever you give up in this life for God and for the sake of the gospel, he will restore a hundredfold. He'll restore 30, 60, 100-fold in this life with persecution, with persecution. And we, we went through that too. But here, so our muscles were, our muscles were, we were weak at $40,000 house faith. But look what God has done with that faith and strengthen us through it. And we made it through. We say use it or lose it. You've heard of atrophy? Atrophy is, is the loss of muscle mass simply because of non-use. If you're not using it, you're losing it. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. If you're not working it out, it's fading away. Resistance breaks down, then builds up. Resistance breaks down. When, literally, when you when you do when you're when you're lifting weights, I wish you could see my friend Elijah over here. Stand up, Elijah. Show him. He, he's not going to do a flex for you. But look at look at the arms on this guy. Okay, this is my friend Elijah. He's got arms like tree trunks. He's got he's got arms like my thighs. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't know how much time he spends in the gym, but let me tell you something. What that does to get from where I am to where he is. You, you, you have to break some stuff down through resistance. And when you do, it breaks down. I'm not going to describe all the lactic acid and all the stuff that happens. But basically, it breaks down before it builds up. It's the same with your faith. It breaks down before it builds up. There are crisis moments. There are things. The Bible says that God wants to enlarge you through the resistance. Now, there's different types of faith. Just to lay a little foundation here. Some have what I call raw faith. Raw faith is my term for childlike faith. If the father said it, he's able to make it happen. As a, as a child trusts in their father, so Abraham trusted God. And the Bible says when it was against all hope that he and his wife could actually conceive a child in this nearest 100th birthday and in her 90s, he believed in hope and said that I believe that if God said it, he's able to make it happen. 
See, a lot of people, when they talk about faith in this modern era, modern time, a lot of people have faith in their faith. They have faith in their own ability to believe. That's not faith. Faith is a belief in God's ability to do what he said he would do. Bottom line. It is not wishful thinking. It is not, po- it is not the power of the positive confession or the positive words. I liked Robert Schuler back in the day when he was talking about positive things. And be, but po- being positive is, more, is better than being negative. I'll tell you that. But, it's, but it has no power in just being positive. When you declare the word of God, when you declare his promise, when you're suffering, when you're going through something, when you go through it, it's a childlike trust that God is your father and will keep his word. Today, there's so much. Listen, when we started the church then in 1990 and we left that big church in Orlando, 7,000 people, good salary, great insurance benefits, and we came here with no promise of anything, just trusting in God. I've told this story many times before, but we didn't have a moment like where we even thought about what we were doing completely until the day that the U-Haul truck from here came down to our apartment in Orlando in Altamont Springs and picked up our furniture, and we were driving behind the U-Haul trailer, and my wife and I looked at each other and go, what did we just do? (laughs) What did we just do? Everybody in the country at that time wanted to work for Benny Hinn. All the pastors, all the young pastors, there were lines of people waiting for my job as a youth pastor. And we knew it. And it was like we were in this fog, this raw faith fog, until the moment where we, the fog lifted for a second. I'm like, oh, no. How did this happen? But then you're out of the boat. And you're walking on water. Right? Raw faith. Some have little faith. In the story of Peter walking on the water, Jesus says something that seems contradictory. Peter's out of the boat. He's defying the law of gravity, literally walking to Jesus on the word. Jesus said, come. And he walks C-O-M-E. He's walking out on steps of the word that Jesus spoke. The word from the word. The living word. Come. He said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out to you. Jesus said, come on. In that phrase, come on, Peter gets his foot onto water, H2O, and takes a step, and then another step, and then another step. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, as he's out of the boat, he gets distracted by waves and winds. And Jesus grabs him up and says, oh, you of little faith. That's what he says. Now, that used to bother me as a young man, because I thought, if Peter's got little faith getting out walking on water, what do the other guys have sitting in the boat? That's a, a bunch of chickens back there. You, you buck, buck, buck. I mean, Jesus, I was surprised he didn't turn and mock them. But when I went and did a word study, I found that little there doesn't mean little like in the sense of tiny faith. Listen to what it means. Little faith means short bursts of faith. Short of duration. You have little faith. You have, you have little bursts of faith. That does, doesn't that describe a lot of us? We have short bursts of faith. And then we go, oh, crap. Wow, what did I do? What, what did I do? What did I do? But I'm stepping out. I'm trusting God. I'm believing him. I'm out of the boat walking on water. By the way, what do waves and winds have to do with walking on water? 
Is it, if it's not a windy day and the sea is glass, is it easier to walk on the pool? No. See, the distractions are not, not even the point. The distractions are the distractions, but they don't mean a thing. It's, oh, wow. It's, the waves are The wind's blowing. I can't be walking on water. No. But he had short bursts of faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt? And the word doubt. Think of the word doubt. Why is the word doubt spelled D-O-U-B-T? Because the root word is double. Not D-O-U-T. Double. The root word is double. It means you're, you're second guessing yourself. You're second guessing what you're doing. You're second guessing. You're reassessing. You go, well, this can't possibly be happening. The waves and winds. Oh, no. I'm out of here and I'm, not, I'm walking on water and I don't know how. Instead of keeping your eyes on the Lord. The Bible says as soon as he reached out and said Jesus for help, Jesus was right there, grabbed his hand. And then brought him back to the boat. Wasn't little faith in the sense of tiny was little faith in the sense of it didn't last long. The Bible describes some have great faith. Interestingly, that Jesus used the, uh, usually commended some Gentiles for having greater faith than those of the house of Israel. The Syrophoenician woman who refused to quit believe in Jesus said, I can't take what is the children's bread, freedom, and give it to the little dogs. That's what they called the half-breeds, the Syrophoenician people. Jesus called her, he basically called her a dog to her face. And she said, even the dogs get to eat the crumbs. And Jesus said, wow, guys, come over here. This woman's got great faith. Great faith. See, there are measures of faith. What are you doing with what you had? Great faith is more about intensity and persistence. It's a longer lasting duration. It is, a, it is a tenacity in faith. God desires to enlarge you as a person. That's what faith does. Building you, increasing your capacity. I love that. So the scripture in the beginning, our opening text in Psalm 4, verse 1 from the Amplified, one, of the, one translation says this, in times of great pressure, you have enlarged my capacity. God wants you bigger on the inside next year than you are this year. And you'll never get that way unless you go through some resistance. You never get that way. I'm not saying that God causes bad things to happen to good people. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that in the middle of things, when life happens on this fallen planet, invariably there's going to be some rough moments this year for each and every one of us, okay? Invariably there's going to be some tough moments, some challenging moments where we question Keep your eyes on the Lord. Use your faith to trust him and double down on everything being in him worthy. He wants to enlarge you. When most people, listen, God wants to give you an ability to carry more responsibility in the spirit without being overwhelmed. That's what strong faith does. When most people see a piece of land, they see what's currently there. But faith people see buildings and gatherings of people worshiping the living God. When we drove past this land the first time, when we found out we might be able to buy this 24 acres of land, we were just a, a hundred and maybe 50 people or so in a warehouse down the road three miles south down toward Bellevue. We were in, we were in that place and paying a couple thousand dollars a month rent and just said, uh, uh, we, we, want, we want a piece of land. We're believing for a piece of land. God opened up this land miraculously. When we, when we drove by and I looked over here, and I, I saw this building. 
in my spirit the first time. First time I was ever, that there was even a possibility, I saw this building. I saw it in my heart. Now, as we've been here for many years, I've seen other, I've seen other buildings. I've seen the growth. I've seen where we're headed over there. I've seen what's, what's, what's already manifested over here. But faith sees things and trusts God in them that if he said it, he can do it. Kingdom faith. Listen, faith is the currency of the kingdom. It's the vehicle through which everything is transported from heaven to earth. Nothing comes from heaven to earth except on the transportation of faith, the vehicle of faith. Faith is a thing. It's the, it's, it's the way things get from heaven to earth. Jesus said, I want you to pray this prayer. Pray this way. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? In Ocala as it is in heaven. In Gainesville as it is in heaven. In the villages as it is in heaven. In north central Florida as it is in heaven. We are here not to just worry about when we die and go to heaven. We're here to bring heaven to earth while we're here. We're here to bring heaven to earth while we're here. To people around you. To situations and circumstances. Average people usually settle for mediocrity because it seems easier. Let me just tell you, the path of least resistance is usually the wrong road. Let me say that again. The path of least resistance is usually the wrong road. When people, listen, there are a lot of people that are so non-confrontational that they would do anything to keep from confrontation, keep anything to keep from dealing with the resistance. They'll try to go around the resistance, try to go over the resistance, try to go under the resistance. No, we got to talk about it. We got to deal with it. We got to handle it now. Everybody say now. Now. I'll finish with this uh, in my first closing. What is Bible faith? What is Bible faith? The world often uses faith as a discussion of one's head beliefs. They say, are you a person of faith? They mean that, do you have a checklist system of intellectual or mental, mental ascensions? Uh, or they'll say, do you believe in God as opposed to being an atheist or an agnostic? That's often correlated with faith. But faith is so much more than that. Faith is not just a head knowledge. It's not just a mental ascent. Uh, listen, in high school, I believed in God really strong. And I prayed to him really hard when I wanted something. But I didn't know Jesus. Now, the great thing, the interesting thing about God that is almost, you know, beyond understanding is he answered my prayers. When I didn't pray right, I didn't pray in Jesus' name, I didn't know the Lord. But I believed in God in my head. And I never, I I would say only had a couple of moments of doubt when I had a, a kid that moved to town uh, that started telling me all this junk and feeding all that stuff. You know, there's always, when you're about to expand and grow in God, don't be surprised who shows up of Job's friends to talk you out of it. <laughs> don't be surprised at, at how many people, when you take a step for God, when you're out of the boat, you'll be surprised, don't be surprised at friends or family members who are sitting in the boat going, hey, you can't do that. You can't walk on that water. Look at those waves. Look at that wind. Right? It's usually people closest to you. And you kind of go, what are you doing? The Bible says that faith is now. Hebrews 11.1 from the Amplified. Now faith is. You can't have faith for yesterday. It's already gone. You can't really have faith for the future. You can have hope. But faith is now. 
and it's now, and it's now. Now faith is, look at this, the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. That's one of my favorite parts of the Amplified Version. The title deed. I've got the pink slip. It is the title deed of things we hope for being the proof or evidence of things we do not see with our eyes and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. In other words, I know I've got it. I just don't see it manifested yet. But I know that God said it. Now, this is not based on wishful thinking. It's going to be based on the word of God, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But this is, that's what the word says pleases God. Without faith, it's possible to put a smile on his face. God delights in someone who's believing, trusting, someone with faith. At whatever measure you are today, he loves the fact that you're believing in him, trusting in him. But you can't stay baby faith forever and please God. Your faith has to grow. Your faith has to expand. It has to grow. And it has to grow through going through some stuff. Uh, we have a friend, uh, Charles Neiman, who always would come and preach to us many years ago. The faith, the essence of it is faith is believing and speaking. I would say this. Faith is seeing and saying. Faith is seeing and saying. It is believing and speaking. But it's, 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 simply, it's simply seeing with your spiritual eyes and your heart eyes seeing something God is emphasizing, showing you or revealing to you from his word and taking a hold of it and telling other people about it. Faith is saying, seeing and saying. Remember the old see and say uh, toy for kids? You know, the cow says moo, you know, remember that? It was spin around and you pull the string on it. Well, that's see and say. The Bible, listen, Bible faith is that easy. It's seeing something from God, believing in your heart and speaking out of your mouth. That's Bible faith. Romans 10, 9 from the Amplified. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, here's what believe means, adhere to, trust in and rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Sozo is the Greek word meaning free, set free spirit, soul, and body. For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God, and with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation, confirms that he has what he, what he saw that he had. If you don't talk about it, it's not Bible faith. If you're holding something as a, as a oh, I'm believing for a promise, but I, I'm not, not going to tell anybody. Well, I'm not saying you have to tell everybody your business. I'm just saying that when you're in faith, you start to say things like, there's a new building coming. On the other side of COVID, we said, there's a new building coming. And then in the midst of COVID, we still proclaimed it even though it looked like it wasn't going to happen. Why? Because when God said it, he already knew what was going to happen in the world. I was the one that was anxious. It wasn't God. God wasn't anxious. His promise is still real. And so even when you go through a rough time where everything you were believing for doesn't happen, you trust him anyway. And you tell somebody, but I still trust him. 
I still trust him. I may not, I may not have figured out what he's going to do or when he's going to do it, but I still trust God because if God said it, he's going to do it. If God said it, he's going to make it happen. Faith is activated when you tell someone what God did or is doing. That's why I always encourage people, when you have a blessing from God, you don't need to spike the ball in the end zone. Uh, by the way, happy Super Bowl Sunday. There must be in, must be in my back of my mind. You don't have to spike the ball in the end zone. You don't have to, you have to brag about something that God is doing or, or that God has promised, but you do need to tell somebody. You have to tell somebody, listen, here's what I'm believing God to do. Here's what I feel God has promised my heart. Now, be careful of the, I told, the, the God told me's, okay? I've, I've met people who tell me God said more than, they think they heard from God more than Moses, okay? And tell me, God said this, God said, I try to use the term, I felt like God said to my heart, or I felt something in my heart, or I sensed something that God might be uh, leading me or saying to me. But very seldom will you hear me from this pulpit say, God said this and God said that. I'm not a prophet. I'm a, I'm, just, I'm a man of God and I'm a human like everybody else. And I have to believe and hold on to the promise. But you have to grab a hold. Faith is activated. That's why the Bible says, you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses do what? They testify and tell the story from their perspective of what they're seeing or what they've seen. And then faith has to be activated. It's, it has to go into action, okay? I'm almost done. Faith has to be anchored. Has to be anchored. It's got to be based on something. What's the foundation of your faith? Jesus talked about smart versus dumb carpenters in the Message Bible. What do you do with his sayings? What do you do with his word? The word is more, and it's, about, it's practical. It's about your daily life. People often create their own theology in our time when it's not based on the Bible. How many times have you heard somebody say, I just believe if something's supposed to happen, it'll happen? You heard that? That's a theological statement that is not in the Bible. That's somebody that says, I have chosen to believe what I believe about God, not based it on anything but wishful thinking. But, I, but grandma said, you know, grandma said, it'll work out. Or, or grandma, my grandma lived to be over 90 years old, and she believed if you kiss enough frogs, you'll find your prince charming. No, no, no. Honey, you're going to just wind up with a frog in your throat. And don't forget, I told you so. <laughs> Through times of great pressure, he enlarged. Are you going through pressure today? Disappointment? Did God perhaps not do what you thought he would do when you thought he would do it? He's not on your timetable. He's not on mine. He's on... Heaven's time. And heaven's time is better than earth time anyway. But it's hard. It's hard. In our greeting time, I saw our friends Charlie and Alicia had come today, the ones that we prayed for baby Callum two weeks ago. And uh, they let me know that he passed away, went to heaven on February 2nd. I've been praying for them every day, praying for them every day. Glad to see them today. In times of great pressure, he's enlarging your capacity. And though we don't understand everything, 
in those moments of the greatest pain, one day, you may not know why. That's just dumb. But one day, you will be able to testify that God in his goodness took you through that season and revealed to you how powerful and how great and how mighty and how majestic he is. If you'll keep trusting him, if you'll lift your hands up in those moments of pain and say, like Job said, though I don't understand, it feels like he's killing me here, my flesh. But God, I will trust in you. And I will not back down from serving you just because of my own feelings or my emotions or what appeared to be some kind of failure because I know your word says you cannot fail. You cannot fail. God cannot fail. Come on. God cannot fail. He cannot fail. If it looks like failure, listen, Jesus hanging on a cross and giving up the ghost looked like the greatest failure of humanity's history to the point that Peter, one of the closest people to him, denied him that night and that next morning and ran away. But there's resurrection. There's resurrection power that God is able to raise up sons and daughters. God is able to raise up a new generation through you anyway, even if you don't see how right now. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. In other words, when you're going through the disappointments of life, don't settle back for average again then anyway. Trust him anyway. Believe him anyway. Because he's good. Diamonds are formed under great pressure. So is precious faith. I want to challenge you with this today. Allow the Lord to enlarge your faith muscles this week. Stretch out your faith. Get out of the boat. That's a word for somebody. That's a word for somebody. Get out of the boat. Ask the Lord to, 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 to bid you welcome. To bid you come out with me and walk on some water. And then keep your eyes on him when the winds blow and the waves scream. Keep your eyes on him and take his hand. Growing in authentic faith in the living God and his word will enlarge you way past average and fill your life with significance. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise today. We sense your presence here. Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? Can you sing that, Pastor Lindsay?
I'm going to make it through. If you're in survival mode today, you will, you will get to stability mode. You will get there, my friend. Keep trusting Him. If you're finally at even and, and just, just found a little bit of stability, the promise of God is still be a good success. Prosper and be a good success. But significance, that's beyond success. That's when God starts doing stuff through you, not just for you. Through you. And you begin to make a difference in the lives of others. Father, I pray for every person in this place, every person hearing the sound of my voice, and I come against that complacency, that lethargy, that settling for average, and I break its power in the name of Jesus, every demonic force that would try to pull us down. Lord, I thank you that your people defy gravity because of your purpose and because of your word. Father, enlarge our faith. Enlarge us. And we pray healing today for Charlie and Alicia. We pray healing for them and their family, God. We break this, uh, uh, this discipline that tries to scream at them that God isn't real or that God isn't faithful. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Lord, we just thank you that you're showing up as the comforter around them, surrounding them with a warm blanket of your love and affection. God, surround them and be with them, Father. Strengthen them in Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, the first step of faith is trusting Him in that way and asking Jesus to be Lord of your life. You can do that right now. You can do it right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Change me from within. I want to know you. I want to know you for myself. That's the prayer. That's the easy. Just, just pray that. Believe that. But I sense there may be some people in here today and you're under some kind of pressure or you've been through the worst disappointment of your life like Charlie and Alicia. If you're here today and you're going through something that you feel is beyond your ability to handle for yourself, would you put your hand up right now? I want to pray for you real quick. Going through something in your life that's beyond you. You need God. You need God. You need God. Lord, I pray for every person whose hand is raised and whose heart is open to you today that you'd reveal yourself in every situation represented here. God, we know there are people that are hurting. We know there are people that are broken. We know there are people that, are, that feel trapped in a past season or a present moment. And Lord, your word says that you will lift us. If we'll lift you up, you said you would draw people through us to yourself. Lord, reveal your presence and power and show your glory in every one of these situations right now that seems impossible. Your word says all things are possible to those who believe. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Sabrina, what's your friend's name? I'm not going to have her stand up. What's your friend's name? Christina. What is it? Christina. Christina. Christina has been coming the last few weeks and she cries from the moment that worship starts sometimes, don't you? It's okay. I just want to tell you, God loves you. His word is for you and there are promises in that book for you. And he hadn't forgotten about you. And though you may feel you're in some 
heavy quicksand trying to pull you down. To him, you're lighter than air. And he's going to lift you out of that season. And he's going to set you on a rock. And my friend, you don't ever have to sink again. And I think part of this is in my spirit is this. Christina, you're blaming yourself because you made some bad decisions. Is there anybody in the room that hasn't made bad, dumb decisions? Please fly around the room and show us how you glow in the dark in your supernatural, angelic ways. They're not here. Christina, your brothers and sisters in Christ around here, we love you. We're standing with you. And it doesn't matter whether you made those bad decisions or not. Some stuff's beyond your control. Some things you may, it's okay. Release. Release them. Release yourself. Release yourself. Let it go, okay? Let it go. Isabel, put your hand on her, Sabrina. Lord, we just pray for, we pray for Christina right now. We pray for Christina right now that the power of God would come through her family and friends around her. We just release your presence and your power into that situation and those situations and ask you to turn those impossible moments, turn them around. Lord, as the man with the child that threw himself in the fire said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. We pray that in her believing that you would help her overcome the unbelieving part. No more second guessing, no more self-doubt, but a trust in you. Lord, reveal yourself and grow her faith. Here's what I see, Christina. You will one day be leading other people out of the wilderness you feel you're in right now. You're not gonna just come free. You're gonna be like Moses, helping a whole bunch of other people to come free, okay? That's what the battle's about. That's why you're in such a battle. Keep praying for her. God bless you. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.